Welcome to Women Real and Raw, a tantalizing, mind-blowing, unconditional, loving, safe space where we are authentic, courageous, and uncensored. So get ready to have fun, get real, get raw, and feel empowered. I'm your co-host, Tiffany Lee, aka Truth Teller, body language expert, corporate communication trainer, speaker, social media consultant, and owner of Solutions by Tiffany Lee. And I am your co-host, Kristen Sparks, author, speaker, podcaster, and the executive director of the Sister Weird Foundation. Join us as we come together from different worlds to share our lives, stories, insights, wisdom, and vulnerability as we live our lives out in the open. Together as sisters in this crazy new world, we come together to talk about anything and everything. And we can be reached anytime at womenrealandraw.com. Now let's get real and raw. Well, good morning. This good afternoon. This is Kristen Sparks and we are Women Real and Raw. Um, with me today, of course, is Tiffany Lee. And Tiffany, say hi. Hello, people. How is everybody? Hope you're doing well. So glad you are here today for this amazing, amazing episode we have in store for you today. I want to take a minute and introduce our guest for today, Miss Kathy, who is a long, long time friend of mine and also an amazing, amazing breast cancer survivor. So I'm going to stop talking and let Kathy introduce herself a little bit more and tell you guys how we met. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me, ladies. I'm so excited to be here. This is a great opportunity for all us women to get together. And I love the title of Women Real and Raw. Perfect for us in this conversation and just women need this. But me and Tiffany met in 2005 when she was in college and she was quiet and she just got a job at the uh, gym. We worked at the juice bar. So I walked up to her and um, our boss is talking to her and I said, it's so, how are you? Fine. So what, is, what are you, straight, gay, bi? Huh? I'm, st- <laughs> I'm straight for now. <laughs> and the boss was mad <laughs> because a few women around there had a, were known for, you know, going for the ones who was, wasn't gay. They would seek them out. So yeah, that's how we met. My God. And we've been attached. (laughs) 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 Yeah. So audience, you know, just know that this is about to be a real women, real and raw conversation. So buckle up, buttercups. We are going to talk about breast cancer and all lupus and esophageal cancer. And all three of us have gone through all types, different types of chemo. So we all wanted to come together and discuss how chemo changes you, how chemo changes your life, how it changes your mind, how it changes your perspective on things. And Kristen, I will let you kick it off a little bit of of your journey and let us kick this thing off. (laughs) Well, you know, I was going through some recovery from an injury in 2013 and I was doing an upper GI and I get those, I was getting it probably every 10 years and I had what was called Barrett's disease, which is a changing of the esophageal lining due to acid production in your stomach. And when I finally settled down in Sarasota, Florida, 
I had gone for just a regular routine one and that doctor sent me to a specialist who was doing what they called radioablation of the Barrett's disease to remove that so that, and oh my God, is your body amazing? The stem cells could come back in and make the esophagus what it's supposed to be. So this was just fascinating to me. I thought this is great. Well, we did the first one in March of 2020 and the pandemic hit and they shut down the hospital and I was supposed to have another round of it six weeks later and I couldn't because of, you know, the pandemic. So it was six months later, they opened up the hospital. They had it open, I don't know, a couple of weeks and luckily got in under the gun. They did the second one and... With the first radioablation, I had signed a release for the doctor that if there was anything in there, he could remove it. And on the second one, I didn't. And that was divine intervention because the type of cancer tumor that he found, had he cut into it at all, would have killed me within days. Days. And it was an aggressive cancer as it was, right? So I was, I got told on the 17th of September on the, I think it was the 3rd of October, whatever that following Monday was, or not follow, yeah, so it still would have been September. Chemo does this to you. You can't remember dates and times, but right after I found out, I started chemo and started radiation. And then in January, I had to have the esophagus removed and my stomach was actually pulled up. <laughs> so I say I have my stomach and my throat. I literally do. They pulled it up. It's almost like having bariatric surgery where they put the sleeve on, only they're using the stomach to reform your esophagus. But it was just mad, crazy, as fast and furious as you could get because this cancer was so aggressive. and. The chemo and the radiation were so heavy duty that I quit eating and I quit drinking and I got dehydrated and I almost died and had my wife not paid attention because it kept passing out. My blood pressure was so low. I would have literally died. They, I don't remember any of that. I, they had to put a feeding tube in and it wasn't until, you know, I was practically home for, you know, a week or so that I started coming back around. But yeah, so then having the surgery and going through this recovery from the chemo and doctors telling me it's going to be, you know, it could be a year or two years before your brain is, is back. And I, so I started taking Prevagen. At first, now it's like so flipping expensive that, you know, I think it's like $125, $150 a month for that. So I, I take the, the other one, Narina, and it has helped tremendously because my brain actually is functioning to the point that I can do things until I get tired. And once I'm tired, forget it. You know, I, my brain just doesn't work anymore. But I still, I mean, it's like my dad and I will laugh. He's 84. And, you know, as you age, you forget things anyway. 
And he'll go, honey, that's just age. And I'm like, no, daddy, it's not just age. <laughs> Maybe at your age, but not at my age. <laughs> I have a little extra help here with the chemo. But yeah, man, that shit is nasty. Nasty stuff we're putting in our bodies to kill this. It kills everything. It's horrible. It is. And I don't think that a lot of people recognize that there are so many different types of chemo. You know, because when I tell people that I went through chemo, they were like, well, you don't have cancer. And I'm like, baby, the, the chemo spectrum is so is so large, you know, and I mean, I would have to be there all day. And my treatment was so long that I would have to drink my last dose. I would have to come home at night and drink it. And when I tell you, if I if I smell anything that smells remotely like that, I immediately vomit. Because that that smell, when I t- like even just talking about it right now, I can st- and I would like mix it with juice. And I didn't figure out until the last two months that to mix it with what is that thing V eight splash or something that was the only thing that could semi kill the taste. So I went through months until I figured that out, <laughs> and it, it's horrible. It is it's horrible. It's it's not not anything that I wish on. Anybody. You know the smell of alcohol? Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. The smell of alcohol that they use, that uh-huh. they would spray to, what, to clean your port and all that. The right. smell of that. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. 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 Exactly. Wow, this even, I should have brought some peppermint. <laughs> <laughs> right? right? Just thinking yeah. about it, it brings yeah. it all back. Natural like, oils, I can, man. This brings back a lot of emotion. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I remember coming home and dreading in the bathroom, dreading drinking the last dose. And my parents would be like, you want us to help you? And I was like, no, I, I need to be alone. I need to be alone in the bathroom and do this because it is, I don't even know how to tell you guys what, what the taste was. It was just, I, I felt like I was drinking poison, but it was like a poison I needed. So I could not do it. But at the same time, man, it just, ooh. Yeah, just thinking about it. Just like right now, I can smell it and taste it all in my mouth right now. See, you're so strong. Just doing it and sitting in a chair and having it pumped into your body. And I cannot imagine someone making me drink it. Like, just tie me down to a chair. I can't. You are so strong. I mean, it was it was only by the, the grace of God and knowing that because, you know, I, I take the root of I get angry. So I got angry when I was diagnosed with lupus. And for me, it was like, oh, hell no. So even though, you know, I didn't I didn't want to drink it. Me doing it and forcing myself to do it was my way of like fighting back, you know, in a sense. It was like, fuck you. This is it. Maybe it's nasty. It's gross. But if this is what I got to do to live. I got to live, you know, and I think people don't realize that. For us that have been through chemo, your perspective on life changes. You want to live. You want to be the best you. You want to, like, like we say, live out loud. That is, that is what you want to do after you've been through having anything that causes you to have to go through any type of chemo. Because if, if you have something that causes you to need chemo, you were knocking at death's door. You know? Yeah, you were knocking at death's door. So it's the willingness and the want to live that now 10, what, that was 2009, you know, me and math, 11 years later, whatever we are. That is why I'm so passionate about living. I want to live my life. 
mistakes and all, I want to live because I almost didn't. And I was in my 20s when that happened. So I feel like even now I missed out on a lot of things that I should have been doing in my 20s because I was fighting for my life in my mid-20s, you know? I didn't have time to think about a career. I was forced to move back home and give up the small career I had started because now I had to deal with this and heal from it. But boy, did it make me a bad bitch. <laughs> it brought out the inner it brought out the inner warrior. And I think we can all kind of relate to that, you know? Absolutely. That's right. Yeah. How would you ladies say that chemo has changed you the most? Like if you think about the person you were before chemo and the person that you are now, how would you say that it changed you the most? I would say for me, I always had this people, I looked tough on the outside, but I always knew that I wasn't as that tough that I was wounded and I cry easy and I was, you know, so now that when chemo happened, the person that was inside that, that does cry, uh, that I will, I'm, I'm a crier, I'm an emotional person, and I'm also a survivor of PTSD and other stuff. I am, that person is always here. She's no, it's, it's on the outside. I no longer can hide her and put that, her in the closet and act like, oh yeah, oh, that doesn't, that doesn't hurt. Oh yeah, it hurts. You know, I can't, oh, I'm sorry that um, if you hurt my feelings, I'm, if I, you know, you hurt my feelings, that's it. And if I'm going to cry, I'm going to cry. I had a baby at 17. So I never got a chance to be a grown adult. I went from daughter to a mom. And I left that situation because I was being physically abused. So from when I left the home, I was tough on the outside. But on the inside, I was always kicking and screaming, sorry, just to be happy and for things to be normal. With whatever that, you know, just be happy and whatever normal is. Well, I know what it is now for me. And once chemo came in, she came on the outside and then I had to start taking care of me, which included um, what's going on. Now you have to fight for yourself and that's including Gid's family. So my mental, um, well, my journey, we'll talk about that, but I had to start doing mental health and doing, and I've been doing it since I was 19, but hey, chemo, oh, wait a minute. I don't want to do that. So we're going to cry and I didn't take anyone. Matter of fact, I did not take anyone to chemotherapy with me. I went by myself. My husband worked in the hospital and he was allowed to come in, say hi, and then I would make him leave because when he would show up, the toughness would be there. But I needed to be who I needed to be at that moment. If I needed to throw up or I was going to cry or be scared, I needed to be that person. So he had to get out. That's interesting that you would say that. When I went through it, it was during the pandemic. So no one was allowed in. And so we felt like, you know, Syl and I had missed something in her not being able to be there with me or even having, you know, the volunteers that would be coming through with whatever. Um, I don't know because I didn't experience that. But it's interesting that for you, you needed to do that on your own. And I can totally get that because if Syl had been there, it would have been a different experience. And it was a, 
not that it was a bad, a good experience, but it was a good experience. I mean, I made friends with a nurse that we're still friends with. You know, she's got, we go to the beach together and we do things together because I, she's an amazing woman. And I, that wouldn't have happened necessarily had still been in there with me. So, you know, the journey that we go through in the whole process, no matter what, what we're doing, sometimes we do to be able to come back to who we truly are, to be who we truly are. We have to experience something on our own that's so life-changing. Yep, exactly, exactly. And like my dad, he used to take me a lot because my mom would have to go to work and she would come sometimes. Like we would have a whole ritual. We would go to McDonald's. <laughs> I would get some kind of sandwich. And then when we would go, he would get me from the, the little stand in the hospital, some kind of donut. And then he would stay. And my mind is me now whether he always stayed the whole day or he would stay for a while and then leave. And it's like, I had a little, I had a combination of being there with someone and then being alone, you know, and, and the back and forth with that. But like I said earlier, when I came home and had to do that last dose, I had to be alone for that. I had, I had to be alone for that. I couldn't, I couldn't have anybody around for that, you know? And I remember I would do it. And I don't even know, you know, my parents would listen to this and I don't even know if they know I would do it. And then sometimes I would sit, oh, I would sit in the bathroom and just cry, you know? Cause I'm like, I'm 20 something. Why am I? Why, why is, why is this happening? You know, why am I going through this? Why, what did I do wrong? You know, I felt like I was always a good girl. You know, I went to school, I graduated, I went to college, I graduated, you know, I, I didn't, I was never like the bad child, you know, and I had done everything right. And then all of a sudden you're on death's door and, and you're, you're about to die, you know, and years later now, and I don't know if you guys can, can relate to this. I can now say I'm so thankful for it because the person that I am now, she, and Kathy, you know, I was not this person then. I had my moments when she would kind of like boop, pop out every now and then, but I had to almost die to allow myself to really be seen, to, right, to really be seen. Yeah, and now it's like, you know, if you don't like me, it's in that, isn't that something to live? It's, yeah. Yeah. It's like, if you don't like me now, okay, that's fine. That's cool. Keep it moving, you know? And then, you know, we, I struggle. I still struggle you know, with weight and all of that. Because I don't. Right. Yeah. It's like, okay, that, next. Jo, jo, get in line. You know how many people don't like me? <laughs> and they can be like, anywhere from strangers to family, you know? And it's like, you know what? That I'm sorry that that doesn't work for you. That's your world. This is my creation, and I am my greatest creation right here. Right. And I'm my greatest asset, you know? Yeah. I am my greatest asset and my greatest, and my greatest champion. It is me. It's always nice to have, you know, we talk about sisterhood here a lot. I love having it, but at the end of the day, when I lay down at night, it is me and me. And I have to go to bed each day and each night knowing that I was true to myself. And anytime I don't feel like that, I have to stop and evaluate, hold on, what am I doing? Because after chemo, you, you, can, you are not able, or at least I am not able to settle, but for so much. And even of myself, I can't even allow myself 
to settle for things that I would have settled for before chemo. Because, you know, something we could wake up tomorrow and I could be in a lupus flare. You know, I only have 50% of my kidneys. You know, I ha- they're both there, but I only have 50% kidney function. I have to take care of me in all ways from top to bottom because the kidney transplant list is a long list <laughs> to have to get on, you know? So I am number one to me. And I think we're taught to not be that selfish, you know, that, that's, or that's viewed as being selfish. And I don't think it is. And I want that, you know, everybody who's listening, you know, please know that taking care of you and putting yourself and your needs and your desires first is not selfish. And I don't want people to have to get to where we got to, to realize that. You know, you were talking, Kathy, about the, you know, the sensitive side of you. And that is one of our greatest assets as women is to have that sensitive side, to be able to cry and release that energy because we carry so much of the world's energy and we carry so much of the, the divine energy within us and we have to have release valves and crying is one of those beautiful release valves. It is so cleansing to be able to just cry. And sometimes I'll just watch a Hallmark commercial so I can cry. <laughs> or the, or the ASPA, ASPCA one with the, with the animals just to right? like. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Because yeah. I need to find a release. Yeah. <laughs> now it's the TikTok videos with that lady singing my lifeline. Oh my gosh. Whatever video shows with that lady singing that sad song. It gets me out every time, every time. So I'm singing a lullaby, but I'm not a singer, so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's yes, amazing. There's a story between me and Tiffany. Actually, we lost connection. So when Tiffany said, um, like, we won't, we have to live with ourselves. We have to be okay with ourselves when we have to be true to ourselves. But the part that resonates with me with that is that and we lost connection in 2008 all the way up until I stopped doing chemo, until my chemo was over. I did six months of chemo. 2008, I stopped being friends uh, with another lady I've known since I was 12. It's over 20 years. And then Tiffany that, that year also. Well, after chemo, I called the one lady and we started talking for a little bit. But I told her, I said, you know, I just can't with this friend. Friendship. I, I just feel like I'm being fake. I can't. I can't. And she's like, well, no, but I love you. I said, I love you too. But I, the friendship we had before is not the same. I just wanted to call you and let you know because my dad told her, my dad saw her and told her that I was going through chemo. I just wanted to call and tell you that I made it through it and I'm okay, but we can't be friends because I feel like I'm being fake to myself. It's not real. But that was with her. With Tiffany, I didn't know Tiffany's address. Um, when Tiffany knew me, I was not, a, I didn't drive on the highway. I'm a country girl from Oklahoma. So with Tiffany, I had to find her and reconnect with her. So I had her email address. Sorry. I remember I had her email address and my phone. And I was telling my husband, if the email doesn't work, I'm going to go to her house. I, I, my husband used to take me over there. I know where her house lives. Well, I mean, where her house is. And if she kicks me off the porch, I'm just going to make sure I go to... 
because she has powerful legs. I'm just going to make sure I go a little bit to the right. It's more grass on that side. <laughs> and I contacted her through the, and let her know that I just finished chemo, six months of chemo, and I miss you. And to get a, and I tried to find the email. Not even 10 minutes later, she replied back with, I did chemo too. Oh, wow. And I know that that was the universe. Yes, I did chemo too. I broke down. Because had something had happened to her, I would have missed out. And going to chemo, and like I said, I, the other girl, no, I, you know, with Tiffany, I have to. I made it through because I didn't want to put that on her in case I didn't make it through. But I yearned to talk to her when I was going through it. But I had to make, make sure I make it through so I wouldn't put that on her if I didn't. And when I saw that I've been through it too, I just broke down. I just broke down. Because if when she was going through hers, had I have known, it would have made me weak when I was doing mine because that's how much I connected with her. Yeah. So it was and the I universe that, that separated us. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that we, we had to be separated because we both would have wanted to be there for each other and we wouldn't have been able to be there for ourselves. And now look at you, you're driving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're able to get on the highway. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's like we both had to grow. I am, yes. And yeah, we both had to grow into ourselves during that time. And we couldn't have done that if we were still really close at that moment. Yeah. And I remember when I got that email from oh, you. Oh, it would have killed me. At- yeah, I remember getting that email from you and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> There she is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, there mm-hmm. is Kathy. And yes, out of all people. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and now you're on the podcast. We, we're, and we're disconnected. We're talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> Look at the universe. <laughs> Look at the universe. I'm a hippie on it. I'm a 76 baby. I truly believe in the universe and everything happens for a reason. I truly believe that. Like, I love you enough that it would have, it could have cost me my life because it would have destroyed me knowing that hearing everything that you've gone through, the, the life, being on life support and your skin breaking open, I wouldn't have been able to handle that. I would not have been able to handle that at all. And yet well, you can I be here now. Thinking, yeah. And support each other and be able to, yes. you know, like we have the yeah. best parts of each other. Yes. Mm-hmm. The best mm-hmm. parts of each other. Because when you've done chemo, you have a connection. It's a, it's a connection that we all have. Like just meeting you today, but we're connected. And I, someone else who has never done chemo, they have no idea. It's a connection. And I wouldn't change it. Right. Would have initially thought that that's the way we needed to go to be able to have those connections. I truly believe that, you know, we bring our challenges with us. We know what we want when we come. We know the lessons that we want to be able to learn. 
And then when we come, we forget and the challenges show up and we have those, well, why is this happening to me? What did I do to deserve this? And it really isn't a matter of deserving. It's a matter of growing. It's a matter of finding those connections, those human connections, because without those, and I think the pandemic has shown us that as well, without this, we are not a growing society. You know, we are not, and women especially need those connections and that sisterhood desperately instead of, you know, where we're not being as women, we are against each other and, you know, not holding not each, other, each other, not supporting each other, you're not holding space for each other. And to have chemo be our connective tissue at this point, thank you for giving me something that I can again connect with other women. Kristen, I remember when we were in the Megan Joe group and, you know, that was when all of that kind of started for you. As soon as you said it, I was like, latched on. I got to be there for her because, man, that shit, it changes you. And it is one of the most difficult things to go through. And it's like, even though you're sitting there in a cold ass room, you're either by yourself or you're in the, you're, you're in the chair and you've got tubes and you've got a throw up bucket on the side and then you're weak afterwards. And that is something that people who haven't been through it, they can hear about it and, and they may be able to sympathize with it, but they can never show the empathy because they have never been, they've never been in that chair with that tube in their arm having poison put in your body so you can live. Yeah. Uh, We have ports. Yep. And a special port. Yes. We have the port. (laughs) Yeah. It goes right into the neck, man. It's no arm shit. Yeah. I still have my my port. I still have my lovely scar. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Are you going to get it taken out? Well, now they're not going to take it out until January. Yeah, I have. Well, yeah, with the pandemic, you know, it's fine. Let's just get it flushed every now and then, and we're fine. Yep. Yeah. We are ending our podcast today in the middle of our conversation instead of at the end. So stay tuned until next week for the remainder. We're so glad you've been our listener. We'll see you then. We want to thank you for coming today to listen to this powerful message from our beautiful guest, Kathy Preston, who agreed to be here and share her incredible journey with us. She has been so empowering and inspiring. I can't wait for the rest of the conversation. Thanks, Tiff. Thanks, everyone. Bye. We are thrilled that you spent time with us today. So thank you. We are always here to remind you how powerful you are and that you deserve to be seen and heard. Again, we thank you so much for listening and hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please remember to leave us an awesome review so we can keep coming back and helping you find your power. Until next time, we are women, real and raw.